You are listening to Unplugged, a podcast by Blue Ridge Energy. I'm your host, Jacob Puckett, and with me today is Jason Lingle. Jason, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Jason is our director of Innovative Energy Solutions, and Jason and his crew pretty much handle anything and all things high bill related, green energy, energy efficiency, and a lot of programs and services that you probably see going on at Blue Ridge Energy come through this department. So Jason's going to come on here and tell us how to keep our bills low. That's right. It's the holiday season. Uh, and want to give some folks ways that they can save money, uh, keep their electric bills a little lower than maybe it would be otherwise, and uh, use that money for maybe hosting a holiday party or Amazon. buying some gifts. That's exactly right. Just lots of different ways you can do things with money other than spending it on heating and cooling or electric costs, propane costs, things like that. And we would be kind of messing up here if we didn't remind folks that i don't know if you listened to the last podcast but doug talked about the member refunds coming in november and december well folks it's december so you'll be getting more member refunds this month so enjoy those and jason we're just dive into this first one of the top things you'll hear from people around this time of year you know when it's getting really cold especially in the mountains my bill is high what do i do about it and there's a lot of things you can do about it so maybe just start with some of the free things first that we can do. Yeah, I'm probably going to end up talking all over the place, but you're right, Jacob. Uh, this time of year, uh, most electric bills, utility bills will climb uh, as we transition from uh, milder, shoulder, fall season. You're not using much heating and cooling. Uh, but, of course, now November, December, those bills start to go up. Holiday lights, Christmas lights come on. Uh, again, hosting dinner parties, having family in the house. Uh, of course, heating expenses go up. And then, of course, January, February, and March, typically we see those high uh, heating bills during that time. So uh, now is the best time if you're wanting to make improvements on um, energy efficiency in your household, on things you can do. Or as you mentioned, there's a lot of things you can do, some very minimal costs. Um, so we can talk about those. I can mention a few of those. Um, the main thing that you want to do, or I shouldn't say the main thing, but maybe the first thing that you want to do um, is go around your house with a candle. Now, this, say, this sounds very antiquated and very old school, but it's a really good way to kind of figure out if you have any air leakage. So in your home, you know, you're spending all this money, your heating system um, is working to produce heat and you're keeping that inside a conditioned space, well, you've got air. You've got it coming inside from outside to in and from inside to out. So you want to keep all that conditioned air inside. Obviously, that's that's going to be a better way to kind of decrease your heating expenses. Um, so again, going back to the antiquated method, walk around with a candle or a stick of incense or something that's burning that's going to burn for a little bit. Hold it in your hand. Put it around your windows, and you can see if there's any draft. Obviously, the smoke would blow out of a window or around a door frame. So if the seal is not as tight, you may uh, may see some smoke going to the outside that way. But that's one of the first things you can do, and that's just going to give you an idea on if weather stripping or caulking is needed. So you can buy 
weather stripping from a Walmart, from a Lowe's, um, Home Depot, any store, and uh, put that around your windows or around your door sills just to make those tighter so you're keeping more of that conditioned air on the inside. Uh, some of the other things you can do, again, very uh, um, low cost uh, on your own would be like adding insulation. So losing insulate or losing heating and air, uh, heat through the ceiling and in the basement or crawl space are big areas where if you just added a little bit of insulation it may go a long way so if you know if you could take a look um, one of the first houses that i owned uh, was an older house it had a crawl space that had like r19 insulation i didn't know anything about insulation as a young homeowner um, i had a problem with frozen pipes uh, during the winter, during the really cold times. And um, if you're just able to make those changes, make those uh, uh, increase that from an R19 to an R30 bat insulation, it really helped out a lot. Um, I didn't have to worry about frozen pipes anymore. Now, not to interrupt you, for somebody oh, yeah. who's, who's also a young homeowner, is that <laughs> is that like a thicker insulation or is it just a higher yeah, density? Dense, that's okay. right. Yeah, it's denser, uh, but it would be a little bit thicker. So you you know may have to replace and add some more like like hangers essentially is what they are just wire hangers that you could put there and and keep the insulation up against the uh, floor joists a little bit better but uh, i did that in the basement and the crawl space I, i should say and that helped out a lot um keeping the air there or inside the living space also in the attic um again you can add insulation uh there relatively easier it's harder to add insulation in the walls it can be done that's one of the more major improvements that you may want to make but um you know obviously most walls are sealed with drywall or sheetrock and it's not as easy to get to Um, um, something else you can do, you know, there's a lot of little things that you can do. Um, you know, obviously cut back on your thermostat. You know, if you're normal, if you usually keep it at like 69, 70 degrees, if you adjust it a degree or two, that's going to save you three, five percent on your electric bill. Each degree, you know, if you used a heat pump, each degree uh, could save you about three percent. So a little bit of savings there when you may not feel a one degree difference. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think this is totally going to get, you know, I'll forget it if I don't mention it now. Something we hear a lot about, you hear people say, well, hey, I've kept my heat heating or air, you know, depending on what time of year it is, whether it's in the summer and they're seeing a high bill or whether that's in the winter and they're seeing a high bill, they say, Hey, I've had my house set at 68 or 70 degrees for the last like five months, but my bill is steadily going up. I mean, but there's, there's actually a really easy answer to that. And it's kind of, it's tough because it's really weather dependent, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's definitely a good question. I mean, you can leave you can leave the temperature set at the same thing, but obviously the temperature outside is going to be uh, what's going to cause your system to run more or less. You know, if it, if you keep it set at sixty eight degrees, which sixty eight degrees may sound cold to some people, I can understand that, but that's kind of what's recommended for an energy efficient setting. Um, but if you keep it set at sixty eight degrees, then uh, if it's 50 degrees outside, then it's not, you know, that's an 18 degree temperature change. So your heating system isn't going to be running as much to get to that temperature. Now, if it's 30 degrees outside or 25, 20 degrees outside, then it's going to be running a lot more in order to to create that heat needed for the thermostat setting. So the uh, other thing you want to worry about with a heat pump especially are the heat strips and that auxiliary mode on your heating system. So uh, some of you may not notice it or may not know what it's there. A lot of times you see something that says like AUX 
uh, maybe a light that shows up on the thermostat. But a heat pump, what a heat pump is doing, it's pulling heat uh, out of the air. So again, if the air is 35, 40 degrees and higher, uh, the heat pump is compressing that, running it through a compressor and turning that uh, into warmer, warmer air that's going inside your home. But when it's, you know, 30 degrees, 20 degrees, zero degrees outside, um, there's not much heat in the air. And so you've got these auxiliary heat strips that come on. And that's essentially like a toaster or just some type of, you know, resistant heating element that comes on to produce heat. And so that uses a lot of electricity. Um, So when you see that aux on, that means your system's working harder. Uh, It's going to cost you more on your electric bill, unfortunately, um, but you are getting heat whenever it's really cold out. So when you get to a certain temperature level, essentially you're heating your air system, you know, be it really hot or be it really cold, it's working overtime. That's right. Working a lot harder. And that's one of the main reasons for increases during the wintertime. And I want to kind of not to transition things too much, but with it being close to the holiday season, what are some things that folks should be looking for if they're thinking about, you know, I want that kind of a different appliance in my house or something like that what's what should they be looking for in appliances going forward because that's a big ticket item for a lot of people uh, around christmas time yeah the main thing that you want to do when it comes to buying appliances is look for the energy star label so you know nowadays most appliances you buy um, come or, or you know they're they're very efficient or they can be very efficient. You've got to choose the efficient model. But Energy Star label means that it's going to use less electricity than maybe its counterpart. So you know they are still out there that use more electricity. But things like um, uh, freezers, refrigerators, certainly um, they have this Energy Star rating, which is from the uh, Department of Energy and the EPA, and. Um, that's just going to provide less electricity needs uh, to run that appliance. So certainly look for those. You know, it is the holiday season. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are going to be putting up Christmas lights. Um, Certainly use LEDs instead of your traditional um, lights for a lower electric bill. They don't use near as much. You can string more of them together. I always had a problem blowing fuses on the light strands, but you can put more of them together. Um, Timers. Timers are a good, yeah, timers, exactly right. That's a good thing you can do. And you can actually do timers on just about anything, water heaters um, as well. But, uh, you know, only letting it run for six, seven hours as opposed to 12 or 24 hours. Um, that's one other thing I wanted to mention, too. Just It's kind of backtracking to a lower electric bill. But, um, you know, space heaters. So a lot of folks will use a supplemental electric space heater this time of year. And just to give you kind of food for thought on that, like every hour that, you know, and I'm, I'm giving a generalization here on, on usage, but most space heaters, they won't be more than 1500 watts. Um, you know, you, and of course, different settings may be 700 watts or 1,000 watts, but 1,500 watts. Say your space heaters are running at 1,500 watts, and each hour that it runs is about 15 cents. So if you kind of think about it and do the math there, you know, you can use a space heater for, you know, five hours while, it's, while you're sitting there watching TV is a good time to use it. And that may cost you, what is that, 60, 75 cents, somewhere in that range. Um, but if you're doing that every day, you know, think about it for an entire 30-day billing period and you're using, you know, 50 cents worth of electricity just on this supplemental space heater, then that's going to add $15 to your electric bill. So just kind of be mindful about the use of space heaters. Not that they're bad. They certainly serve their purpose. Purpose, but it's not something that you want to have running 
24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I think you're hitting on an important point there. Space heating is what it is, space heating. That's right. So it's not whole house heating. So a lot of people sometimes we hear trying to supplement whole house heating with those space heaters. And really, those can be energy hogs if you have a ton of them set up in your house and trying to heat rooms that you might not even be in. So just make sure you're being logical about where you're putting those space heaters. You know, if you're going to spend the next four hours in a living room, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have the space heater hooked up in the master bedroom. That's right. You know, if you're going to sleep at night, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to leave it out in the living room. So mm-hmm. just kind of be thinking about as well where you're moving that space heater because otherwise it's just being an energy hog in a room where you don't need it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then, you know, kind of along those lines too, um, you know, you hear a lot about moving the thermostat up and down, you know, um, kind of the, the, the new, it used to be that if you just left the thermostat at one temperature, um, you're kind of going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, but if you just left it at one temperature, that was the most efficient way to, to, to do it because your system is not having to work so hard. Like if you were to come in and, turn it up or turn it down, whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, kind of a now the rule of thumb is to like bump it down a few degrees when you leave. So if you if you have it set at, say, 70 degrees during the wintertime when you're there, um, you know, if you leave, you know, maybe turn, of course, it's going to be up to your comfortable uh, comfortability level. So um, whatever you feel comfortable doing, certainly that's going to trump everything. But uh, turn it down to maybe 65, 66 degrees when nobody's at home. If you have a programmable thermostat, knock it up a couple of degrees before you get home you know get it set to where you kind of have it have warming up a little bit before you get home and then when you're at home again you can put it up to that 68 70 degrees whatever you feel comfortable with but watch out you know it's it's better to make small changes as opposed to large changes in temperature differential so you know if you were to come home and you just had it set at 65 degrees and you come home bump it right back up to 70 degrees a lot of times, I mean, depending on what the weather's doing outside, it may call on those auxiliary heat strips. And so that's going to add, you know, that's going to cause the electric bill to go up because you've got those auxiliary heat strips to come on. But if you came home, bumped it up to like 67 degrees, and then, you know, once it got to 67, bumped, bumped it up to 69 degrees or 70 degrees, then you kind of lessen the chance that it's going to need that auxiliary heat. Jason, just to wrap things up on this podcast, are there any programs or special offerings that Blue Ridge Energy can dish out to members on energy efficiency or weatherization? Yes, Jacob, we sure do. Um, our website has a lot of that information. Um, also, if you wanted to come by the district office or give us a call, we could tell you some of the programs and services we have. I mentioned the usage tracker earlier in the podcast, and that's a great tool to go online to look at. Um, but aside from that, we do have some uh, smart rebates for electronics that you can buy that are energy efficient. So uh, we have them on refrigerators that are Energy Star, kind of as I mentioned earlier. They have an Energy Star label. Then um, we'll just give you a rebate. We'll give you a credit on your electric bill, also for Energy Star freezers. And then and uh, we'll give you a larger rebate, like if you were in the in the um, shopping around for an energy efficient heat pump. So if you needed a new heating system. Um, you could look at going with like a 16 sear or higher, which is going to provide you the most energy efficiency. So a lot of mini splits, um, a lot of those ductless heat pumps that are kind of some newer technology that are out there that are being installed these days. Um, they're very efficient, and we do give rebates on those as well. And geothermal heat pumps. So geothermal is a very efficient uh, heating and cooling system from 
from it's been around for a little while um still out there but we do give a little rebate on those as well and then uh also we kind of partnered um with a credit union called electel they're a federal credit union that serve uh, electric cooperatives and um, if you're a member then you can actually get a loan for an energy efficiency project for your house and uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of the terms on those it is you know based on your credit it is a loan that you would pay back over a certain number of years but uh, you can potentially borrow up to $35,000 so a big chunk of change you can do a, a great energy efficiency project for up to for mobile homes. So there's a little requirement there and then up to 10 years. So you could take that out, finance it for a pretty long time. And some of the projects you could use that for, again, would be an upgraded HVAC system. Um, You can use it on tankless water heaters. Uh, You could actually do solar panels with it, but insulation that we talked about, like if you wanted to re-insulate your home or do some of the bigger air sealing and duct sealing projects windows, doors, roofs, anything that's going to reduce your electric bill, uh, you could potentially get a loan through the Electel um, credit union. And you can find all of that information on our website regarding the rebates and the loans, um, our website, and then blueridgeenergy.com, of course. um, And then the powerful solutions area is where you'd find that information. You just listened to Jason Lingle, Director of Innovative Energy Solutions. Break it down for us, Christmas style, how to save money on your electric bill as we get into the colder weather. I want to thank you again for listening to this podcast. This is our second episode, and we've gotten good feedback on it so far. Obviously, if you have any feedback whatsoever, shoot us a message on social media, reach out to us. We would love to hear your feedback or maybe even some episode ideas. Again, until next time, I'm your host, Jacob Puckett, and you're listening to Unplugged.